We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, I'm ABX Toycat, and welcome back to Deep in the Mind. Today, I'm incredibly excited about my guest because he's someone who actually helps to develop Minecraft. So there's some really interesting conversations about realms and parity and about everything to do with that that we can actually have a real talk on. And so that is what the next hour or so will be. Let's jump into it. So David, you are one of the two dev leads for Minecraft Realms. Yes, I'm dev lead for the Realms client. Yeah, that... Play on your consoles and your phones. Which is kind of a big thing. And also, you have done other things at Mojang, right? Yes, I've been at Mojang since 2018. And I worked on, you know, authentic authentication, identity, like signing in, what's your account, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, I've worked on Realms. I've also dabbled in other stuff as side projects. I've I fixed a couple parody bugs for a while. <laughs> The, the hotbar one, right? The seagrass color. Yeah, the hotbar. Oh, color. yes. Therefore, you've immediately won the respect of everyone here. Like, okay, that's that one. The moment someone points it out to you, you can never unsee it. And so, thank you. You are our collective heroes. <laughs> Was it? Yeah, someone pointed it out to me, and I'm like, ah. Oh, every time I play the game. So it wasn't... That one wasn't even that hard to fix. It was just like one of those bugs where it's like, okay, something else is crashing and the hotbar is off by one pixel. Which one? Did, let's fix the crap. <laughs> so it, it, it wasn't my ownership area. I was busy with other things. So I was like, oh, I can swoop in and fix this low priority but high visibility bug. That <laughs> That's actually one of the things that I think is uh, impressive about what you're doing with Realms is that every single big priority bug you would assume is like, oh, this server is accidentally billing someone. This server is accidentally uh, crashing. And you're managing to stay on top of all of those, make a reliable service. But also... Uh, you say that the service is now a lot more hack-free than it has been before. And that is something that I thought was really exciting. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of different things that you want to um, you want to balance. It's just like um, in vanilla game development, they're trying to balance, like, well, creative players really like this, and you know, people who are roving adventurers really like that, or people who are really into Redstone like something else. Realms is the same sort of thing. There's different types of people that have realms. Sometimes it's people like me or you who are very invested in Minecraft, and maybe we have these servers with lots of people playing on them. Then sometimes you have maybe a parent with kids, and the kids like playing Minecraft, and the parent doesn't really care about Minecraft. They just want to, you know, pay for a server for the kids to play on. So you got to take all of it into account, and then you also have to balance like service reliability issues with things like, hey. It's been a while since we've had an exciting new feature. Let's add a new feature that's going to draw attention and get people excited. 
That, that to me is the fun thing about Realms, is you're operating with all of the Minecraft default constraints, but you're also trying to build on top of it. And I, I, I think your job sounds like it has a lot of different uh, fun elements to it. Because Realms isn't just one service, right? It's really two very different you know services for two different games and they have very different expectations of what you get with a realm uh like i i always remember that the java version just has a bunch of maps that are rotating in and out whereas mm. with bedrock it's realms plus so there's a bunch of marketplace yeah. maps that you get and even texture packs and skins and all that stuff um so i i was wondering yeah. like uh yeah when you consider adding a feature do you have to consider working it for both versions or do you just uh you know, like if it's a cool Bedrock feature, it comes there. If it's a cool Java feature, it comes there. Uh, how, how does that work with regards to Realms in particular? Oh, that that's tricky. It's a good question. So some things are easy to share between versions. Obviously, it, from a broad perspective, for Minecraft as a whole, we have this one Minecraft philosophy. So we want you to be playing one game, whether you're playing Java Edition or Bedrock Edition. Obviously, if you have played the game a lot and you know a lot of details about wait how does redstone work like you know oh quasi connectivity oh wait but that's here but not there like the, the, there's other the, there's you know a ways to go on the complete parody journey but generally speaking like if you fire up java edition if you fire up bedrock edition you're like oh let me go to an ancient city let me um run away from a war like those are the same experiences you're having the realms um some we would like you to have the same realms experience but it's tricky because the clients are really different um, and for instance, there's some new stuff we're working on for realms where it has lots of new user interface. There's lots of new like buttons and cute graphics and, um, you know, things you interact with and the whole UI system, which, um, you, you, it's actually open source or UI. You can go look it up Mojang studios, GitHub repo, uh, but it's a, um, basically it runs web pages in a really high performance way. So you can, um, have a web page as your game interface. Oh. And it, so it's this whole big system that's very involved. And then on Java edition, it's just very different. They have a very old legacy UI system. So like you build something in Bedrock, it's like, oh, I can't directly port this over. Mm -hmm. Whereas, um, you know, other areas of the game, it, we've made a lot of effort to make it. So you, you build it once and you can mostly move it between the versions. Uh, as far as Realms, the service side, so where you're spinning up these virtual machines that are running a dedicated server, there's a lot of similarities between how the Java side works and the Bedrock side works. Um, and a lot of that stuff, it, you're building something new, like, okay, let's build it for both Java and Bedrock at the same time. But that, there are distinctions and some stuff, like the way you initialize a realm is a little different between Java and Bedrock. Um, if you do a purchase, like in J Bedrock, you're buying it in the game, and then you get sent to your platform store, like the, you know, the Apple store, the Google Play store, and you're mm -hmm. spending money there. In Java, you're going to Minecraft.net and you're buying it on our webpage and then you get forwarded to the game. The most uh, interesting part of that, because I, I do agree the whole store UI, like there's so many parts of that you accidentally realize when it goes wrong, like, oh, this was meant to hook into uh, Xbox Live or this was meant to hook into Nintendo Switch Online. So those are always interesting spots when you see those. But the most interesting kind of parity difference that is interesting to me because uh, it's that classic example of it's been done by modders, so why can't Mojang do it? I bet there is a good reason. Why can't Java and Bedrock connect on the same realm? Uh, if you if I have a Java realm, I have a Bedrock realm, is there a really good pertinent reason that jumps out to you? Or is it just it's a huge slog to do correctly and one day could be done? Or is it like, yeah, there's no realistic you know, near path for that? It, I think... It, yeah, like you said, there's a whole 
whole topic that comes up to the community a lot like well modders can do this in two days <laughs> so mojang takes two years why and it's because you're all lazy. You're all taking too many breaks. Yeah, yeah I see you back yeah, there. Yeah. Why? Why are you not in the factory right now? I. You yeah, have a yeah, curtain. And... You've got too many luxuries in your life. I bet you even slept last night when you should have been in the in the in the update factory, pounding out the update, making that new mob. <laughs> That's how it works. I've trust me. I've seen it. I've seen it. You, you, you have the. You, you're not. You're not down on the factory for enough hours. You're not grinding on those features. But more seriously, yeah, what that that is a classic thing if it's been done by modders. I'm sure in a hacky fashion, but it works to the user end pretty convincingly. Mm. Like you you don't know until you use an exclusive feature that it's only a Java realm or it's only a bedrock service rather. Uh, is there a good reason that jumps out to you that it shouldn't or can't be done too easily on the realm side? So it's interesting. So so first to lead into the answer. Um, so for gameplay, King B Dogs had an excellent answer because he's been a very prominent modder in Minecraft for yeah. years and working on the Aether, and then he's been a very prominent Mojang developer as well. You know, you know, very key part in the Ancient Cities and some other stuff in the game. So he has answered this at length on Twitter, talking about like there's different. He has a great answer. I agree. Yeah, like. Yeah, there's, there's different standards for um, something that's a quick mod. Like, oh, what if I had a grappling hook to the game? That sounds fun. I mean, I, I personally think the grappling hook might be fun in Minecraft. <laughs> so, like, you could add it in. And there's mods that add stuff like that. But then you're like, well, Mojang, you know, the bundle is taking forever. Why isn't the bundle in the game? It, uh, it's because if you're designing a game that's a base for what you want to build off of for years and years to come, and you want to be able to add something new, Every single year, you have to be very deliberate about like, I want to add something that's going to be a super solid foundation for years to come, not something that's going to be, hey, this is cool right now, let's add this. And then like next year, you're like, oh, actually, I don't like that. Because you notice when you have your Minecraft world, once stuff is there, like it, it's it's there, even if you have like, I think nether reactor blocks, if you happen to have one in the world, I don't think they disappear. Actually, that one might be a bad example, but I, there were some other. There are some blocks, blocks. yeah. There's some really hacky yeah, stuff that for forever. maybe you have an efficiency so, helmet or a, but yeah, like a, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, there's all sorts yeah, of update blocks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the, there's this expectation that like I have a world that I play on regularly that's over 10 years old. Like you also have a world you've been playing on for years and years and years. And you get some weird idiosyncrasies when you're upgrading. But generally speaking, your world is still there. Um, so to, to answer your question about multiplayer, obviously there's like Geyser MC in the community, so you can play as a Bedrock player on a Java server. And like we mentioned, the games are mostly the same, so it mostly works. If you start digging into some of the edge cases and stuff, though, there's problems. And the fundamental problem is the games are not the same, and even though we're largely updating them with the same cadence, there's a, some differences and discrepancies. Yeah. So you'd run into problems about like, okay, so I just play some redstone down. Is this redstone going to work like Java? Yeah, you fundamentally have to say it's either a Java world that Bedrock players can join, or it's a Bedrock world Java players can join. I believe most of the servers go the Java main route first, and then it results in all sorts of things that you expect to be able to do that don't work on Bedrock, or like the offhand, you know, yeah, you run into all those issues. But I still... Uh, I wonder if that is the big reason, just like, if you can't do it 100%, it's not worth doing 96%, or if it is, like, uh, something more fundamental. 
it's once it's an official Mojang thing. If I go, hey, hey, cross play realms. So Java players, Bedrock players play together in your realms. Like there's a lot of expectation there as an official feature. Yeah. It should be always available 24 seven. Yep. It shouldn't have any obvious bugs and it should be a solid foundation for us to build off of for years to come. And if we just did our own version of Geyser, like it, it wouldn't be there yet. Mm -hmm. it, it would take a lot of work. Do you think sometimes that limits you as a, uh, you know, like obviously you are one person working for mm -hmm. a, what can be considered a very big company, maybe one of the biggest in the world. Um, and so do you sometimes feel like, man, there's this cool thing we could do, but because even though Minecraft is arguably still an indie game, I mean, maybe when it got bought, it stopped being that, but it is still a smallish studio. You could do mm -hmm. some cool things that you can't do as much because you're a team of, you know, like you're not a team of three, you're a team of, you know, 30, you're a team of 100. Do you think sometimes there are like limits to that? And if so, do you think there are benefits that counteract that? Um, uh, there's trade-offs. So talking about the size of the studio and then, or are you part of, you know, Microsoft or are you in completely independent studio? Actually, wait, that, there... that's a really good question first. Do you say you work for Mojang or do you say you work for Microsoft? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the correct answer, right? That's the only mm. valid one. But uh, there is some controversy about whether you refer to people who work, you know, like, is it a Mojang developer or a Microsoft developer? Like, again, technically both, but there's a lot of charge behind the words. Yeah, there's there's definitely around when... I want to phrase this. <laughs> obviously, there's been some cultural shifts over time with Minecraft from where it very first started, where it was an indie game being developed by one person to small group of people um, to, you know, the you know, founders getting tired of running the game and it's like, hey, anyone want to buy this from me? And Microsoft's like, hello. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, you know, Microsoft, now it's part of, you know, Xbox Game Studio. So you can imagine as the team grows in orders of magnitude and size and then in context of where the business is, there's some cultural shifts that happen. But where we're at right now, you know, Mojang Studios is everyone, uh, both in, you know, we have the two big offices in Stockholm and Redmond, but there's also a lot of people scattered all over the place, all around the world, literally. Uh -huh. And everyone is Mojang Studios. Yes. So we're, we're all part of the same family. But then, you know, I'm also a Microsoft employee. You know, I have a Microsoft employee badge. You can work in a Microsoft building, get a Microsoft email account. So I'm very much a Microsoft developer as well. So that's how you think the there are some people who are still Mojang and still technically Microsoft, but way less integrated in, uh, especially you maybe might say in like, you know, if you're around the world remote, but maybe even like in the Sweden office, because it's not as built into a Microsoft building? Or do you think that even that uh, distinction is, do you think that's a slightly fairer way to paint it, that everyone's Microsoft, but some people feel more Mojang than feel Microsoft? It's, you know, like how you might be from, uh, say, Washington State, but also an American. They're both correct, mm. but some people feel one more than the other. Uh, I'm from England, but also the UK, but also Europe as a continent. Um, do, you, do you think it's a bit like that? Or do you think it's like, well... Everyone has their own answer, and you know how how do you answer that? It, I think you could ask different. It, I've heard other people in Stockholm say this publicly, including people you've had before in your videos. Like, <laughs> I view us all as one family. Yeah, and I feel the same way. Like we're we're all one big family. We all want Minecraft to be the best game it can be. Um, if you, I don't have you visited Stockholm before? No, surprisingly. Oh, I mean, not for the not for Microsoft reasons. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, Stockholm's a beautiful city. You it is, yeah. I know you're an avid traveler. I have, yeah, I've, I've, I spent a week there uh, way back. Uh, 
It was the week, you know, I remember it was the week Pokemon Go came out and my internet didn't work in Sweden. And I was just like desperately like, come on, I just want to play this game. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been to Sweden. It's beautiful, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, the, uh, Seattle and Stockholm, they're both very beautiful cities in their own way. But that there is, you know, each has a unique culture, you know, yeah. the very the American metropolis, the very European. Small people pooping on the street in one and there's a few more people but you know like you know but but in exchange you get you know much better fast food for you know so it's ups and downs so i mean in a business context there's slightly different cultures you know i'm the loud american you know let's do some features you know and then you know in, in stockholm it's a slightly different vibe but we're all um you know we our hearts are all on that you know let's make minecraft as awesome as it can be so we're all part of the same family do you feel like sometimes you come across as the loud American? I, I feel like you've got the most respectful uh, American <laughs> voice. You know, like, I, I feel like it is a cultural thing to adjust to, like, oh, yeah, there's a loudest yeah. thing. But you're very, very balanced in what you say. You can emphasize stuff without being like, no, I will steamroll you. You're wrong about this. Uh, so if I can give you a compliment oh, you. in the middle of this. Okay, so now that I've complimented you, tell me one secret about Minecraft. Uh, that you can't publicly tell anyone. It's just between us friends. I swear I'm not recording. Uh, just, uh, just one, one big so secret. The, the, there's a secret that I I revealed in a. We had a recent Discord Q and A oh. on the official Minecraft Discord channel, and I revealed exclusive new information, and it didn't seem to get noticed. So oh, I'll reveal it again here. Um, that yes. within the next year, we're planning on giving you a way to try out on your own bigger render distance for realms and see if that's something you want for your particular realm oh that is huge actually so you're saying try out in the sense that there is a downside that comes of it or is it because obviously it's server-side processing or it partially is is that like same resources but you can put more it's like you know if you have a console you could run it a hundred chunks but you get a lower uh frame rate if in in some cases, right? You're not you can't. Is it the same thing where you've got the same power but more frame rate or more render distance options? Yeah, this is probably going to be the same sort of server skew, the same amount of RAM yeah. CPU for the server. But you can try adjusting. Basically, we've been making a lot of changes um, on Bedrock to make things more efficient. Like, there's a lot of things about you know Minecraft has an almost, I mean, it's not really infinite, but, you know, virtually infinite world, you know, very, very yeah. large. And there's all these 16 by 16 chunks. And the chunk is deterministically generated by the seed, meaning if I tell you the seed, and I tell you the version of the game we're playing, uh -huh. and I ask you about, oh, chunk, um, you know, 100, you know, 64, 100, what does it look like? Like, you could tell me. It's deterministic. Um, so if I'm like flying on my elytra, blazing fast through the landscape and chunks are like flying at me and getting generated, like a lot of those chunks, if I never touch them, like we already know what they look like uh -huh. without communicating between the client and the server, because we both know the seed, we know the version of the game we're playing. So I don't necessarily have to save all those chunks as they're flying by. And maybe the server doesn't even have to give them to me. Maybe on the client, I just know. Like, oh, well, that chunk's going to be a lake. It's going to have a cherry blossom tree right next to it because, you know, we're in Seed 123 and we're on Bedrock. Yeah, the way Console Edition did this, because that was built for from ground up to be like hop in, hop out multiplayer, 
was, yeah, you just, you only save the changes to chunks. And so by default, you don't ever have to communicate that. It made it very efficient. Um, there is the funny, uh, like, uh, I'm sure you've got a fix for this, but I think it's just a funny story that there's the downside of when you, uh, we have people like, uh, there's this thing called Operation Bedrock. There's a lot of people who have mined their entire worlds. And so their changes to the chunk is every single block. They've effectively increased the storage size back up to, the, uh, the, the terrible things from before. No one actually does that in a legit survival world. So it's not a thing I'm concerned about, but it's a funny, like, story that happens on the other end of that, that technically speaking, if you mined out your entire world, you would lose the performance benefits of, uh, the, uh, the clever thing you're talking about. And I'm guessing also well, make it, it much laggy multiplayer. Yeah, you don't even have to go that far. Like, even my, my main realm that I play on, the one that you toured before on YouTube I channel, have. like, in the the core area of that world every chunk has been changed no chunk is left untouched everything has been tweaked and modded and shaped and sculpted and mined and dug and you know yeah yeah you're that's that none of that is natural you're right that's all <laughs> yeah so so the, it, there's different stuff there's different caching techniques where you're like okay i've gotten this chunk from the server i know it has you know the welcome center and horse barn in it um so i don't need to ask the server about that again because i can hold on to that in my client memory but then it's also it's even more interesting because we have so many different platforms we support. If you have a PlayStation Five, then you have a really old Android phone, and they're playing on the same server. Like PlayStation has a lot more memory. Um, the Android server is maybe like, but please, Realm server, could you do some of this processing for me? I'm, <laughs> I'm at my limit. <laughs> the PlayStation's like you know. Because that is one of the I benefits of Realms on lower power devices, is you get that little handoff, like, okay, Realms, you can do some of this for me, so I can just focus on... Uh, you're right that there is a trade-off that, like, the PS5 is begging, like, I'll do as much of this as I can. Uh, that's, that, that, is, that is a fun uh, way of thinking about that. So the improvement is that you'll now, or eventually, you'll be able to trial out uh, picking your own render distance. Yeah, we would, I don't know if it'll be pick render distance, but you'll have the option of saying like, hey, for, for my realm, yes, let's try um, some bigger render distance. Let's see how it works. Yeah, from some options, of course, uh, as Minecraft always does. Um, there's that fun bar. I've always, uh, this is one of those, maybe you've, you dive into the code. It, it's, it varies based on your device, based on things I can never quite work out. I'm always like, so like a phone might give you 32 chunks, but a Xbox Series X might give you 28. And it's like, I'm sure there's no way my phone has more power than, a, than an Xbox controller, but it seems to imply that it, you know, there's, there's fun things like that, but there's some behind the scenes calculation that it's making um, to give you your yeah, range. A lot of, I think even before I started working at Mojang, mm -hmm. it, but I was a professional software developer at Microsoft, but I wasn't working on Minecraft at all. When they announced that- Wait, did you have to make, sorry, just did you have to make like real software then? Like, you know, like, actual things like you know did you do you have like a big upgrade when you moved into like games or was it on other games and stuff too no it wasn't so like many people it's actually pretty common in the software industry people grow up as kids like oh i love video games i want to make games <laughs> um and it ends up the the industry like you can there's lots of places where you can read lots of discussion online about the health of the games industry but it ends up kind of analogous to like Hollywood where there's lots and lots of people who grow up like oh I want to be a movie star or I want to make movies I want to be a director or, I want to do special effects for movies so it's like a dream job where there's a huge supply of people who really want to do this thing yeah and you end up with some of these jobs are kind of rough because there, there's yeah. this glut of people who want to do them so the actual job might be kind of terrible and maybe you're better off doing something else 
Yeah, the way I've heard it described is you'll have like maybe triple the salary for a regular job and way less ridiculous expectations. Because for a dream job, you can crunch those people till they die. They are, they are, there's a, there's, you know, for every one man that falls, five can take his place. But whereas, you know, like it's a bit different in other industries. So that's where you started. You start in like just real software and then kind of moved back. Uh, not, not to imply that Minecraft isn't real software. Uh, <laughs> It's the like, best software. I started in the games industry. Um, so it, I was at a, working at a game company. I, like, I was working on their level editor and stuff when I first started. But it was, you know, literally, like, you get paid half of what you would get paid to do something else. And the hour expecta expectations are, oh, you should work twice as many hours. Um, and eventually I was like, you know, this isn't that great. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't everything I hoped and dreamed it would be as a bright-eyed child. So I, for a while I was working on business software. I did. I worked on like Windows Mobile and stuff like that, Windows Media Player. Um, but I spent quite a while working on Microsoft Dynamics CRM, which is software to help salespeople sell more stuff. Oh, um, they have Salesforce is the equivalent, I'm guessing. That's the arch nemesis. Arch nemesis. <laughs> uh, they're your Zoom to your Microsoft Teams or the yeah, the yes. Roblox to your Minecraft or <laughs> Ooh, <yes. laughs> appropriate response. But, I mean, you go to like they would have conventions and stuff you know you, you think of minecon there's like an equivalent like sales convention and you go there and like all the people there are like you know i have this canadian flooring business and we sell heated flooring to people up in saskatchewan and your software is like the bee's knees and you know, they're just so excited about what you're building yeah it's like well i'm i'm glad i i'm glad i made your day good because that's probably the most interesting part of what i'm working on like yeah, Minecraft is completely different. It's like something I'm deeply passionate about. It's been very meaningful in my life. Some of the experiences I've had with my friends, playing on the servers over the years. Do you feel that way a bit yeah, about yeah. when you go to like any Minecraft event where you're like, yeah, in normal life you're like kind of low key, but then someone's like, yes, your Minecraft realm is the reason I could connect with my son again, and you know, like uh, <laughs> the it's like a localized fame, right? Is what you get at a Minecraft self area. Yeah, I, I'm very curious. So when I like, we haven't talked about Minecraft Festival in a while. There's kind of this expectation I've seen in the community that's a thing that could happen again. Um, I assume if there was a Minecraft Festival, you'd be interested in going? Oh, yeah, 100%. Is that is that where we'd meet for realsies? You're saying, uh, right now, you're inviting me on a date to Mine Festival? I'm, I'm there. I'm in. <laughs> well, I mean, if there is a Minecraft Festival in the future, I will definitely be going. And it sounds like you'll be going, so we'd definitely say hi. Yeah, it'd be great. I, I'm excited. I, I, I genuinely like... Uh, yeah, it's 2016, I think, was the last in-person event. Because uh, just as they got, you know, it's it's such a... This happened in so many industries, right? Like, just as they finally announced going back into in-person, just about yeah. to do something, like, oop, big global event happened. Who knows what it was, but three years of our memory have just uh, kind of vanished for a little bit there. Fun. Who knows what happened? But... <laughs> <laughs> All I know is I aged a little bit somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, I uh, to bring that way back, uh, you I interrupted your actual thought about... Um, Minecraft realms. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. Your Minecraft no, developing. A, yeah, I, I tend to be long-winded in my answers, but eventually I'm getting there. <laughs> it's good so for I've, a podcast, though. I've been, you know? good for a podcast. I've been to Minefair before, which was like a third-party event, and I had like my you know, Minecraft team member shirt on. Like, no one cared. Like, the people who care are like the YouTubers that were there. Like, oh, there's OMG <laughs> chat. They're OMG. Oh, they're, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's uh, a... Any, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too many tangents there. Let's stay, stay on track. There's a, I've got a whole set of thoughts about those those conventions. But we'll stay on track. We'll oh, get it. 
we'll get at uh I'm curious to hear your thoughts on them too but yeah for for me i have yet to be in a context where i step out and like oh it's the realms guy <laughs> I have um, I have like this T-shirt that says Mojang on it. It's like one of the it's one of the old school ones. It doesn't oh. it the old logo and everything. And if you wear that around in public, you get some degree of attention. Like some of it's kind of fun. Like you go to the store and the checkout person's like, "Hey, you work in Minecraft?" <laughs> yeah, actually. It's Okay, here's your eggs. You know, can you, Matt, can you add grizzly bears to the game? I've, I think I've got this really good idea. It's just between me and you. You don't have to tell anyone, man. It's it's all yours. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, my, yeah, the the um, children in my life definitely. Um, that's the number one thing. They're always like, "Hey, I want, we, David. We should have a a sussy sunflower that appears and like it, it's a sunflower." But this is literally like a nightmare every time I see this kid. Ah, <laughs> uh, suspicious sunflower. That's a good idea. You could brush it and get suspicious seeds, and then the suspicious sand was actually it had a different name originally. I don't know if it's public, but at point, some point there was a like a discussion about what should this block be named, the suspicious sand, suspicious gravel. And this kid was like in my ear all the time about the sussy sunflower. So I was like, and someone had suggested suspicious sand. It wasn't my idea, but I was like, yes, yes, that one's suspicious. Because <laughs> well, it's also a good Minecraft word, like suspicious stew has been a thing for a while. Suspicious sand, suspicious gravel. It sounds like, to me, it sounded perfect. But it was also like a wink and a nod to this kid in my life. It was like, please, please, David, please. <laughs> so I told him afterwards, like, well, you don't get sussy sunflower. But, you know, sussy sand in the game now. <laughs> that's that, that's fun. I like that. I like that a lot. I, but um, the uh, so you uh, what you you worked on uh, Minecraft after this other thing, and you've uh, you, you kind of done a, a fair few roles before getting to realms here. And, uh, but th I think that whole thing was leading up into like, okay, so you don't pick your render distance. Will we be able to pick a simulation distance too, though? That's my question. Because I remember at one point you trialed increasing that, but it wasn't an option. And a lot of people went, ah, this breaks everything. Uh, yeah. Which is fun. Yeah, there's three, there's three big feature requests that people always have for realms. And it, like any place you're listening to the community, whether it's on Twitter, Discord, Reddit, wherever, um, these three suggestions will always come up. Um, it's farther render distance, farther simulation distance, and higher player count. And all three of those have in common, all of them have a much bigger server load for the server that's running, some more than others. So the, the render distance, obviously, the farther you can see, the more chunks the server has to be telling the clients about. And then it's also, if you're on a multiplayer server, you got 11 people on a realm maybe playing at once. Maybe all those people are scattered about the world, and maybe they're in different dimensions. Maybe they're scattered across all three dimensions. Mm -hmm. Like there's a, a high peak memory load there. Um, so the render distance, like we, we talked about earlier, there's some optimizations you can do to be a little bit more clever about how you're sending information around. So render distance would probably be like we give a, a broad setting to everyone. Ideally, there's a slider so you can lower it down. We do have on the client side, you can lower your slider. So if you're like right now, render distance for realms is 10, 11, 12. 12 yeah. Yeah, so it, if you're like, oh, I don't like this on my phone because I feel like my phone isn't handling well, like you can lower it down to like eight chunks locally, and that's what you'll see. Yeah, yeah, it will pick the lowest of the two, not the highest of the yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Um, simulation distance, though, is a little more interesting because it affects how farms work and other things work. It affects what the experience is like when you're exploring in a dark forest in Minecraft. It feels really different 
on a really tight simulation distance versus a very big one. So that one, I would like to add it at some point just because that's what players want. So you always want to, sometimes players want something, like the example I give is like lava boats. They're like, oh, I want a boat for lava. What if you make it out of iron? And then like there's another update. Like, oh, fireproof wood? Well, of course you should put some, you know, crimp warped planks and a U-shape with a warped wood shovel and then you should have a fireproof boat. And like the gameplay team, they're like, yeah, we could do that. That would be the obvious thing to do. But wouldn't it be more fun if we had a really ugly, cute <laughs> mob and then it, it, it has little cute babies and it shivers when it's out of the lava. And so it, you have it. The Strider is a lava boat, but it's a way more Minecrafty lava boat than if it's a lava horse, like, not a lava boat. It, you yeah. know, I used to it, I used yeah. to agree with the Minecraft people being like, yeah, it's a lava boat. But as I as I go more and more, it's a it's it's rather it's a lava pig even. Because you need the the <laughs> carrot on yeah, a stick. That's probably the best. It's uh, yeah. uh. So I I feel like you know lava boats still don't have a gameplay spot. It's just there is a lava equivalent that is maybe better and makes more thematic sense uh, than the boat. Yeah. I still get confused though when like it's it feels so odd to me when you can't craft a warped boat for the overworld. I'm like I have this wood. I'll craft it in, and that's one of those like also things where like if you made it, it would make sense for it to be lava resistant, but it can't be lava resistant, so should yeah. you not have it at all? Like I can see the deep thoughts you have to have as a team behind stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it, you would probably be surprised, even you as an advanced Minecraft player, how much thought goes into stuff like this. It's exactly those sorts of thoughts. But well, isn't it weird that you have this wood and you? can't make a boat out of it you can make everything else out of it like but yeah but if you could make a boat then people would be like why isn't it fireproof because if i put in the world it's fireproof but if i make an object out of it that's not fireproof like why most why? <laughs> yeah the fact that some of these things are tricky warped wood makes sticks and the sticks aren't fireproof is weird mm. but also what are you gonna do right yeah <laughs> you're gonna make warped it's sticks that now <laughs> and then you've added an inventory <laughs> issue yeah, that, that is. Every new feature is a huge balancing act. Uh, mm. I, I think that's the... I, I think this is, like, ugly just the scientific method. But I think more people, when approaching stuff like this, should think about it as, like, okay, what is the alternative? Not just, like, uh, like what what could go wrong if you didn't do this? Why is this being done? More People see something and just think, oh, this was clearly done just to spite me in this one way. But there's always a lot of thought behind bad decisions, even. And that's one of the... You know, a lot of bad decisions are good decisions, but a lot of bad decisions are just high thought, way over analyzed, way over built, um, but still well thought out, just for the wrong not reasons. To say, so that's, a, that's a good point. It's not to say that sometimes changes don't happen and there was effects that we haven't considered. Like one that comes to mind is nether portal farm, gold farms in bedrock. Like there's a certain type of farm where you take a nether portal and you extinguish and ignite Over and over, yeah, yeah. As fast as you can. And it just um, zombified piglins just rain out of it, and then you, <laughs> you, know, you kill them, and you get all this gold. Uh -huh. And we broke that a couple. It was like I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago, some time ago. But there was a different bug fix. There was some other bug, like you know, like Nether portals are just a recipe for bugs. Like for a while, if you ate while you were going through a Nether portal, it was like a bad idea. It could crash your game. 
Uh, oh, they so fixed we, that we, now, have they? I still, I still try to avoid eating, going through nerve portals. I'm like, <laughs> what if? You too. This one kept going, coming back, so maybe it's come back now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it still? I don't know. It's never eat while you're traveling dimensions. You know this. <laughs> <laughs> that's almost a bit of lore, but yeah, that's that's funny how that is. <laughs> yeah, the, the food goes to a different dimensional shift in your body, and then you just it gets eight it times bigger, and now you've eaten eight times as many steaks, and now you're over full. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's that's the lore. <laughs> Yes, that's the, the steak grows. Right <laughs> and so then you have to move so you're not in the steak anymore. It's, it makes perfect sense, you know. <laughs> but uh, I love that. But um, anyway, so to say, like, we, we've made this fix to the nether portal. They had the side effect of breaking these gold farms for bedrock. And people were immediately very vocal about, like, my gold farms. You hate farms. You hate the players. Yeah, and you're like, oh, well, we actually didn't intend to break this. It's a side effect. And that one we reverted like right away. Like it was like a hot fix afterwards. Like, well, here's here's your gold farms. Here they are. <laughs> I feel this one because so many farms are built around bugs that probably should be mm. fixed. But then also, if you built something in your world, it's kind of unfair to be like, ah, those hours you wasted, that was for a bug and not the normal type of bug that we don't fix, the type of bug we do want to fix. But then once you say there are types of bugs you won't fix because it's been so long, now you're saying that bugs are kind of up to interpretation and you get a really fun uh, like debate about, you know, should these bugs even exist? Is this even... I I can just emphasize that so much, like the, the costs and the trade-offs of everything that starts to happen there. But um, yeah, I, I have to quickly uh, take a break and advertise our great sponsor of the week. This episode of Deep in the Mind is brought to you by Bird Dogs and Factor 75. So Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dogs shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts and are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue uh, by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses an anti-stink sweat witting fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. That is the ad read for that. I, uh, You know, I, I feel like one of the fun things about podcasts is the way that these ads work, but one of my favorite uh, companies is one that we finally got to sponsor this week, which is Factor. You might not know about this but factor is actually uh it's it's a it's a factor meals are a a big one but yeah if now that we're in the thick of summer you might be looking for a wholesome convenient meal to support sunny active days factor is america's number one ready to eat meal kit and i have personally used them you might actually know this i i've mentioned this before but factor uh, factor is incredibly handy for either if you're too busy uh you know you you don't want to necessarily put all the time into cooking but also you want to get high quality and fresh nutritional meals that is what factor actually does i found them to be genuinely delicious and uh, they allow you to feel the best uh, and make make the most of your summer adventure and uh yeah it, they have all sorts of options on there you can have a calorie conscious option where you can uh, it's called smart where you can make sure that uh, they're dietitian approved calorie smart meals where they have less than 550 calories per serving you can have protein plus meals you can do vegan veggie they have every single dietary option you can imagine covered and it's really really handy for just getting really good meals 
deals that can be made in just a few minutes. I find that to be a big win. Again, I like good food. I'm a big food person. Don't know if that's come up. And so having good food, having uh, it be easy to access, is something I find to be incredibly important. Also, uh, with Factor, you can rest assured uh, make that you know you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, and uh, they use renewable electricity for sites, uh, production and offices. And uh, yeah, this July, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Uh, simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. Uh, head to factormeals.com slash deepinthemind50. Hey, I get my own code. That's right, go to factormeals.com slash deepinthemind50 and use code deepinthemind50 to get 50% off. That's code deepinthemind50 at factormeals.com slash deepinthemind to get 50% off. And again, I enjoyed mine personally. I would definitely recommend at least giving it a look. Um, it is one of my favorite. I, I, I love good food. And I'm not joking when I say these were actually good. I, I would I would just not mention quality if I didn't think they were great. But I really, really, really like them. There's a lot of easy to make stuff that just tastes like mush. This These meals were all very, very good. And I, I, I got to eat them all during one of my busiest weeks while I was in the United States. They don't sadly ship to the UK. It is a US uh, based company. Uh, but yeah, if you live in America, give it a shot. It's 50% off, I hear. Where can you get that code? <laughs> Factormeals.com slash deepinthemind50 is what I heard. Anyway, so let's let's get back to the, uh, let's get back to talking to David now. Sorry, okay, let's, <laughs> back oh, this, to Minecraft. Well, this is good. You, f you found a product that um, is sponsoring you that you're actually passionate about. That's always the sweet spot. Like, I watch a lot of YouTube, and it's always interesting <clears> to see, like, certain genres of YouTube channels be like, Brought to you by Storyblocks. I actually use Storyblocks <laughs> to make because you know, I didn't fly to Libya to film in the desert. You know? <laughs> and it, so it's interesting when they have that. And then the the opposite is like, obviously, it's something this person does not care about, <laughs> but they just want the money. So I admire that second one more, weirdly enough. Like, I would have assumed until a lot of people say this, but I assume people prefer it when you're like, yes, this is a money deal. Welcome to the sponsorship reading for Raid Shadow Legends. They are the number one growing and like rather than being like, I personally play Raid and it's really, really good. Um, you know, like uh I feel like that's the balances. I but I think most people would just prefer you be passionate about things. But then there's like a fake incentive to be passionate about products that you're not. Like, you know what I yeah. really love? I love this VPN service. Nothing gets me up in the morning like having my data protected when I browse online. I know it doesn't work, but it feels like it does, and that's what really matters. Um, that's That, to me, is the weird incentive in that. Like, I, I prefer people are dispassionate about the things they're advertising. <laughs> like, this is an ad. This is not... You are paid to this say is this. This a purely monetary <laughs> transaction that does not involve my feelings or passions at all. <laughs> like, I mean, there are some things like, uh, you know, like, for instance, you can advertise, say, uh, becoming a member or subscribing or buying a merch piece. I am, of course, passionate about you buying my merch. But on some level, I am passionate about it because, oh, yes, I will get some financial gain from that. And I think that everything should have that little element of disclosure of, like, yes... I can never be as passionate about this in a fair way as I can be about Minecraft bugs or, you know, about, uh, you know, Big Salmon. I can never be the same fair level of passion because Big Salmon doesn't pay me yet. Um, working on the sponsor deal, uh, getting a code, use code TOYCAT, get 10% bigger salmon. But uh, in the meantime, 
Uh, I never thought Big Salmon has kind of this intonation at some sort of like broad like lobbying group. Big, you're in the pocket of Big Salmon. I will be in the pocket of Big Salmon soon. Uh, Big Salmon is motivating all my decisions. Uh, Big Salmon wants Bedrock to be different because it's in his financial interests. Soon, if if he's on both platforms, he'll just become Salmon. He doesn't want that. He wants to stay Big Salmon. Yeah. Uh, and it's just Salmon. It's not big anymore. <laughs> what is being Big Salmon if there's not Small Salmon to be compared against? It's nothing, I tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it does have a little bit of a like big tobacco. It has like a big farmer, Big Salmon. Uh, yeah, it it yeah. has the same vibe. I see that. Um, so I I want to know. Um, a little bit more about piracy. I know it's not your specific focus, and you you can only really talk about the the general. Uh, I, I mean, okay, give give me. <laughs> so give me your thoughts on will a hundred percent parity actually be reached, or is that more of a goal in the same way that I have a goal of living forever, or I have a goal <laughs> of becoming a trillionaire? Like I can have these goals, but I also know the odds of them getting there are so close to zero that it's more of a idealistic thing. It just encourages me to eat less rice or eat more rice and uh, you know buy go go out to buy lobster rolls slightly less. So, you know, is it the same thing or do you feel like you could see a path to 100% parity? Oh, you mean you're not going to be like an immortal brain in a jar at some... <laughs> <laughs> with my trillion dollars that I'll have from all the interest or maybe just inflation, yeah, it, it, one of the there two. You go. Yeah, I could <laughs> interest no, no parody it, it's interesting because there, like you said there's several levels to it there's stuff like um some things like oh what's the recipe for a boat like should i have a shovel should i not have a shovel like that's mostly just a you know having the designers think about well, what makes the most sense what's the most fun you know maybe the maybe the shovel makes sense thematically because you're paddling with the shovel but practically speaking have a multi-stage crafting recipe is kind of annoying obtuse for players it's three steps it's so many i get i get bored midway through crafting a boat and then i i give up and i make myself a a, a chest instead you know just, uh... <laughs> yeah, just make barrels that's all i do why can't i float in a barrel barrels win <laughs> so it's like that's like the easy stage of parody where it's just we need to make a conscious choice about what the right the right thing is to do here um then there's a little bit harder where it's things like offhand or bedrock is my personal parody thing. I want the most. I want to eat food in my offhand. I want to hold torches in my offhand. These are things I do all the time when I'm playing Java Edition. And when I'm playing Bedrock Edition, I can't do them. And this is actually more complicated than you would expect. I did, so roughly once a year, we'll do something called a game jam at the studio where we get a chance to work on whatever we want. And sometimes it's completely frivolous things like, oh, you know, what, what if... I, don't, I almost don't want to give examples. <laughs> okay, that's, an example is not coming to the game. Um, friendly creepers. Some, like someone had a, a fun prototype. What if creepers could be pets? And like they fully thought this out. It was very whimsical and fun. It's not coming to Minecraft. It's not an announcement. Um, but I, I did, one of the things I did was offhand for Bedrock. Because I really wanted mending items and tempting items in the offhand. Because the axolotl, fighting with an axolotl is much better if your offhand can hold a bucket of fish. Mm -hmm. which it can't in Bedrock currently. Of course. So fighting a bunch of underwater mobs with axolotls is dramatically worse in Bedrock than it is in Java right now. Yeah. Strictly because of the offhand. Um, so I, I did an implementation of it, and that wasn't even full offhand. It wasn't even full parity with Java. And even then, it was obvious, like, there was a lot of work there. If you hold the bow in your offhand, it was looking really weird. It mounted your character's bone in your hand wrong. Like, the trident was really strange, and 
like there are other problems too. And then there's the big one for mobile interface, like you need a dedicated way to use offhand. Um, so the, the that's kind of the one, middle yeah. tier of, of parity. Like that's where we want to go. We're going to get there, but um, it, it's more complicated than it might seem at first blush. I the high level. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, just to take a. I, I feel like the bigger offhand problem is the the game balance that comes with it mm. a little bit, right? Like, is they get they gave the offhand slot a whole second thing, but in exchange they you know they slow down the combat. And I feel like that's always the reluctance that was on there on adding it again. I I I'd be interested to learn if you feel like that's not the case because you would know better than me. But that's what I always felt I, like was part of the reason. I think that is part of the reason as well. I, uh, I don't. Know. I feel like I, obviously the combat's different between Java and Bedrock. That's a whole another, <laughs> another subject. <laughs> That's a very hard one. Yeah, a lot of Java players might even be happy of the Bedrock combat because they'd, they'd just be going back for them. Um, well, yeah, there's people who still play PvP in the pre-combat update because that's what they prefer. And then you know you could argue, oh, there's more skill for having this rhythm of clicking right when the cooldown hits and. Um, you watch really high-level Minecraft players have PvP. You're like, oh, this is this is really interesting. It's really fun <laughs> the way they're using the fishing rod to manipulate people, and then you know axes and crits. And, There's so much going on. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, but yeah, th another that's a good example of why there's more to Bedrock offhand parody than you might think. And maybe it's like, oh, we need to rethink combat, or we need to rethink other aspects of the game, like. Maybe there's broader ramifications. It's not as simple as like just give it to us already. You know, like there's um. I think Foxy No-Tail has an add-on for Bedrock where you can put stuff in your offhand. And it's like, well, modders can do this in a day. Why can't Mojang do it? And, you know, it's been so long. You know, lazy, but, you know, <laughs> the but whole narrative. It's, it, it's complicated. If you're doing it properly for everyone for years to come. <laughs> you yeah, I, I, I uh, feel like you could add the bare minimum, just like have anything work there and see how it goes. Mm. But then... Uh, I, I think as a as a user, the reason that gets questionable is because, like, couldn't you try it in a beta? Can you just let us see? And then we could have, you know, but then the problem is, is once something goes into a beta, there's a lot of you know, resistance about removing it. And so you got to be careful yeah. about what you pick as the first versions in that way. When you can look at things like the bundle and how that's viewed, like the bundle is effectively still in beta for Java. You can turn it on for your world, but it's not there for everyone. So there's a lot of like, well, why? Why? So, you know, in general, we want players to be happy <laughs> and not be frustrated. So there's certain ways you can do things where people are like, oh, I, I'm getting good stuff. Yay, I feel like I'm being heard by the company and Minecraft is reflecting the thing I would like it to be. Whereas there's another way to do things like, wait, you had all these awesome things, then you took them away. And I, you know, I am mad, you know, because Mojang just takes away everything good. Do you think that they, like, uh, I, I imagine there's some real answer, but do features have to get to some internal hurdle before they can even get in a beta and snapshot as a result of that? Because, uh, you you know, like, the example you just gave, if you try to add an axolotl in a bucket to the offhand, and then, like, oh, it doesn't work, it works with all these things poorly, um, there, there are very few Minecraft beta features that end up being removed, which is why I feel like that might be yeah. true. No, you're absolutely right. There's a pretty high-quality bar for stuff. So that in code, you have what's called the main branch. Yep. And in Bedrock in particular, we're shipping generally every month. And that's shipping a new update to the game every month on all the different platform that Bedrock's on on the same day on every platform. 
like to get back to to an earlier question, we were talking about like something I was impressed with before I started working at Mojang, but I was a Microsoft employee. So as a professional software developer, I know how, you know, the sausage is made, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. I, when they announced cross-play for, it was even before it was Bedrock Edition. Yeah. Um, it, it was like Windows 10 edition and everything, but they had that big announcement for cross-play across all platforms. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh. Minecraft That's might have been impressive. the first big game to do that. I know a lot of games got on it mm -hmm. just afterwards, but... Yeah. yeah, like phone, I was iPhones and Android already was crazy to me, but then also PC, like, and then also they started getting the consoles in on it. It was, it was mind blowing that, and now it's just taken for granted. Like, yeah, of course my Switch friend can join me. Why wouldn't he be able to? He'd yeah, be playing Minecraft. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> like I'll work on the Switch code and I'll work on the iPhone code. They're really different like like for realms like you have to be able to buy the game anywhere and there's a different platform store everywhere and it's you, like different you hooks store, in and out you, yeah. you get a receipt you have to hand the receipt to us to show like hey yeah i, I bought a realm look right here you know at apple store um the, 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 like i have to touch all of it and it boggles my mind how good the <laughs> the parody is between bedrock platforms um but yeah anyways so the, to answer your question about the the bar for things being in beta in preview, um, it has to be in the main branch to be in beta and preview. And we have a high quality bar because we need to ship a version out of that branch every month. So if I start being, you know, cowboy code or I'm like, all right, everyone buckets of tropical fish in your offhand, here we go. And it's like half the items don't work in your offhand. It's like, oh, we can't ship that, but we've got it in the code here. It's like you, you have to do extra work to put stuff in. And the, the strategy that we're using right now is you have a toggle in game. So it'll be like mm -hmm. experimental toggles. Like, oh, next update? Yes. Give me all that. Or, yeah, that's the like, clever way to have like, you know, 1.20.30 can be worked on, while also 1.21 will eventually be able to be worked on within the same mm -hmm. uh, kind of stuff. That, I, I do think that is like a clever... It's unintuitive at first, but it makes sense why you have to do it with so many uh, people working there. But to just kind of, uh, I, I know it's a tricky question, to kind of just push the tiniest bit further. Um, do you, like there, even if it's hard to work out, even getting an offhand to work the same between all the devices, if it's hard to work out how combat should work and regeneration, how would you ever solve the redstone issue? How can you ever solve the the never roof issue where Java players have built up there, um, but Bedrock players can't and you have to, add a lot of more performance for them to do it. Or the Farlands even, like, people, mm. how would you ever come close to solving those? So that's why I was gradually building towards that. So we have the, the really easy <laughs> ones, where it's just a matter of making yeah. a conscious choice. The medium ones, where we can do this, but there's a lot of steps involved. And then kind of the max difficulty is what you talked about early. Like, what about full crossplay? What if I have one realm that Bedrock and Java players can play on? Like, to get there, and have it be fully officially Mojang supported and all that, you would need complete gameplay parity between both yeah. versions. You would need, you know, Redstone works the same. We have, see, I, I think it is possible. Like, I think you could have quasi-connectivity parity. You would have to do, um, this is my personal opinion. This is not a, a promise yeah. that things yeah. become. But the way I would do it, if this was what I was working on, I would have like a quasi-piston where um, you can choose, like, do I want a regular piston or a quasi-piston? And then I can choose whether I want to make a jab door or whether I want... And you'd have to convert every single piston on one platform, to, or Java, let's just say, to the quasi-piston? 
It, yeah, so it, if I was designing this, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. As a, as a, this is a hypothetical. You're not currently working on redstone differences, but that is a solution that you see that could work if someone implemented it. Yeah, it's something as a Minecraft fan, it's something I think about. And as a realms tech lead, dev lead, I think about like, well, it would be nice if you could just buy one realm and anyone could play there, especially when people see like, oh, I can go on you know these custom community created server software and I have Bedrock and Java players playing together and we're going to a virtual concert in Minecraft and why can't I do that on a realm? <laughs> like, well, well, let's think about it. You know, could, how would it work? But um, yeah, I think you would have to upgrade the Java world and all those pistons would turn to quasi pistons. Then you upgrade the Bedrock world and all those pistons would be normal pistons. But then you could build a different type of piston in your different worlds. And like, there's possible ways you could solve. You'd have to do that for every piece of redstone, I think, right? Because every single yeah. piece might be powered in a certain way. Um, yeah, it's a lot it's of. Not quite that bad, but yeah, th there is. It, it's hard because people, like you said, people build computers inside the game and you know i have a functional laptop and it's running in minecraft and then it's running the game of minecraft or you know whatever and that's incredibly impressive and it's always kind of bad when you break stuff like that that people work so hard never on. Go. So it's a, yeah tough challenges so tough choice you do think that there is a pathway there it's not like uh you know I, if i would be quite defeatist i'd be like okay this is a fun goal like becoming a trillionaire but you think it's like, yeah, actually, it might take years. It might take more than, you know, might take decades. But you feel like there is a direct path someone could follow to get from here to there. It would it would be a long and challenging path. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if we can get there, but kind of the, the phrasing you hear is it's our North Star. That's our goal is like, we want you to feel like you're playing the same game when yeah. you're playing Java or Bedrock. But at the same time, I'm never going to visit the North Star itself. I can go north a lot, but I'll hit the North yeah. Pole. I won't ever hit the star. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You just, you keep, you know. keep going north. Yeah, you just be, you know, disappointed on some level. Exactly. It's, it's crazy. Wait, I'm back where I started. What, what's going on? <laughs> well, funnily enough, actually, just to be a bit of a nerd, when you hit the North Pole, every direction is north. But then, yeah, no, every direction is south. You can't hit north anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you would be on the the geometric north, and you'd be like reaching out towards towards Polaris, like. <laughs> Should have brought some scaffolding with me. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> scaffolding. We had some uh, air for my cows to float me up there. <laughs> I I feel like uh so to for a more fun so actually first of all do you, what is something about working at uh, Minecraft Mojang Studios that you think the average person might be surprised by because. I feel like every career has something like this, and Minecraft developer must be one of the most opaque on inside-outside jobs based on the fact that, you know, you do five minutes of work a day, uh, you know, working on something that could be done in 20 minutes if you're a modder, but you spend years working on it, you know, like, but jokes aside, like, there, there is this real disconnect between your, uh, what, what looks like's happening and what I assume is mm. what you're doing. So what is a... What is something you think the average person might be surprised about to do with your job? It's a good question. And it's something, you know, I see a lot because I'm it, most people at the studio are not on Twitter or you know any social media, but I am. So I see lots of these thoughts. And I think a lot of people don't understand just how much work goes into updates and how much of it is not visible work. Like it's the uh -huh. minority of the stuff that you're working on that is directly reflected in game. And you'll see people talk about 
you know, speculated about how big the studio is. And you wait, you have how many people working on this? And you know, back in you know 2009, you know, there was barely anyone. And look at all the great things that happened. And now you have so many people. It's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> most of the people at the studio are not directly working on new blocks and mobs. Um, th there's lots of people who are doing things like you know, managing, you know, marketing campaigns or thinking about what type of creeper pajamas should be you know, <laughs> in season next year or, you know, working on other projects outside the game or even um, like for Realms, for instance, a lot of the stuff we do is not things you'll directly see while you're playing. It's things like, you know, Google comes to us and like, hey, there's a new type of um, purchase receipt for when someone's subscription is lapsed and you can put them in a certain state and then it's more... Um, helpful for the player like so that even that one is more customer facing than many things but like i had to do work to add a new type of um lapsed subscription support for if you've purchased your realm on a you know an android device uh-huh and that takes a lot of time and it's yeah valuable, yeah but it's not something like if you post that on twitter people can like okay who cares? <laughs> you know, give me torches in my offhand or you know whatever <laughs> Just take the time that you would have spent making that realm work in a lapsed subscription state on Android phones and give everyone the torches in their off hands and then everyone's <laughs> yeah. happy, right? But in a kind of serious way, do you mm. think like they could we you know it could be done better so that more work is uh customer facing? Like uh if you I obviously you can't actually just take a marketing person and say, you go uh, make health regeneration work the same way it does in Java. You, uh, you know, like a HR manager, quickly get in here. You need to. But uh, if you could be like, okay, we've got this many people. Uh, why don't we dedicate more of them to working on blocks and items and mobs and uh, gameplay mechanics and whatever else? Um, do you think there's a good, there's a fun reason, or, or is it just like different business priorities, etc.? Well. Um, it's something you get a, a strong appreciation for when you join the studio. Like I, I had made an indie game before and published it in Xbox Live Indie Games, and so I'm doing everything myself there. I'm well, I yeah. didn't do all the artwork. I had a friend who did the artwork, but I was doing like all the voice acting and doing the <laughs> programming and uh, do the marketing. Like think about oh, where can I advertise my game? You know, you're doing all this stuff, and um, you ship a game. Like people bought it, people played it, people made YouTube videos about it. So it was fun. But when you go join like a big studio like Mojang, it's interesting to see like, what does a professional game designer do? Because everyone, like you talk to pretty much any video game fan, I'm sure you're the same. You're like, well, I could design a good game. You know, I know what makes a game fun. I know what good gameplay loops might be. Um, so why can't I be a video game designer? And it's kind of, that's kind of the dream job, I think, for aspiring game developers is like i, I want it. i'm the idea the, guy. the one dream job ideas. is to be the only dream job that actually exists in that reality is todd howard and i bet he does a lot of programming too like he I, he does have the skills in that way but i built i mm -hmm. bet he he has the one dream job of just yeah i'm the ideas guy i i manage what happens and uh i feel like there is no other unless you're an indie studio where you have to do everything else too no one ever gets to be the idea man the yeah the, the guy who just does the reality this. is everyone has ideas and that's the easiest and most fun part of game development is coming up with the ideas the really hard part is doing those ideas well um, so it's interesting to see it as an example of a specific role that would be easy to gloss over if you're a minecraft fan going why doesn't everyone work on blocks and mobs so professional game designer they spend a lot of time like writing wiki pages and microsoft word documents and proposals and thinking about like thinking about new features from every single angle 
and even on the realms team like we'll have designers thinking about there's some new stuff we're working on with you know some gameplay implications and the designers like they're thinking blue sky like oh what about this what about that what what if it worked this way what about that way and my role as dev lead is like well this is going to take you know you know 500 dev hours to do and this one's like 200 and this one i don't think we can support long term blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, so there's all these there's a healthy tension between creative wonder practical considerations and you're balancing back and forth between them but it's interesting to see a professional game designer is really like a it's a whole different mindset than like a programmer or an artist or pixel artist and it's the same with marketing too like i have friends who are in marketing and you think like oh marketing oh you know a waste of time or whatever like no there's a whole like skill and technique to like well how do we market something effectively like oh there's a new realms feature well when should we start talking about it and what should we say at what times and like if you do it well people get really excited and the community is really anticipating stuff if you do it really poorly, then people like, mm, you know, I, like, <laughs> they feel terrible about things. They feel like you've take, broken your promises and taken things away from them. And um, so, anyway, it, all, all that to say, like, there's a lot of people at the studio and they're doing specialized things, but there's a lot of value there that's not always obvious for a Minecraft player. I think the equivalent of that dream job idea where you're like, I want to do this, but actually there's a bunch of other things that go into supporting it is actually uh, like uh, gaming YouTubers or streamers or whatever. As someone who's in that industry, people are like, I like to play games. Why am I not getting paid? I, I heard this guy makes a million a year. Why am I not getting paid for that much? I'm playing way more games than him. But it's like, well, actually, yeah, there's uh, you're you're really doing a big job of marketing all the time. You're doing the, this job. You need to be. It's it's the interesting same thing that like every every profession's public facing. This is what it looks like. Has a whole stack of things existing below that. The the actuality of doing that job or doing that thing. Um, and I think that's incredibly interesting. But I uh, I, I do need to say it's it's been an hour. I appreciate. Uh, you're joining me. This is longer than normal. It's it's been a, a riveting time. We'll have to share those uh, de those deep secrets and mind fair thoughts uh, <laughs> off camera for now. But before we go, uh, do you, where where should people find you? Would you like them to find you, um, like on Twitter? Well, I was uh, going. Hopefully not yeah, at the supermarket. Find me, uh, on Twitter, I'm CornerHardMC. Every place else, I'm just CornerHard. There was already someone who was CornerHard on Twitter, <laughs> photographer guy. Um, but if you, even if you go on um, like threads, I'm corner hard on there. I have like a placeholder on there. Oh, nice. <laughs> Gotta get but ready for that. I was that, going yeah. to ask you before I go if I could ask you a question. Yeah, I'd love that. Watches your channel and follows your yeah. social media feed. Like you're an avid traveler, right? I'm yes. constantly admiring how much you travel around and have all sorts <laughs> of different experiences with pigeons and foxes and weird <laughs> restaurants. And oh, those are all near my house. There's uh, the pigeons <laughs> just outside my house right now. I could get one for you if you want. I can, uh, can try and <laughs> the one in here. But yeah, sorry. You, you, what's your question? Uh, where's a place you would like to travel to that you have not been yet? Oh, uh, this is a good. This is a good one. Um, so, I feel like everyone. There's a list of places that everyone vaguely knows you you want to go. Like I, I, uh, I think. Uh, like, I know Alaska would be really interesting. Cause, uh, but I, I think the ones that interest me most are kind of the ones that have this layer of, oh, it is, there's a layer of trickiness to get there. Like, I, I think Greenland, it's quite close to everything, but also 60,000 people live on the entire island. So, like, going somewhere like that really interests me. And so the, the one of those that is maybe the highest in the world um, has to be some of those 
specific island countries that have like a quarter million people each. The most realistic is something like Fiji or maybe like uh, uh, Micronesia or something. Uh, but there's, I would love to go because oh, maybe Antarctica either to, even too. But I, I feel like the opposite that I want to go the furthest place away that I can feel like I've been. Because the problem for being being in the UK is the furthest away actual place geographically is New Zealand. But New Zealand feels so ridiculously similar because yeah. of the culture. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, did I did I even leave? Did I just go for a 20-minute you know, drive down the road or something? Um, and so going somewhere that is like, yeah, this is an island culture that hasn't really interacted that much of the world, uh, hasn't really globalized so much. I think those would be the most interesting. Or just somewhere remote that's close, like the Faroe Islands or Greenland, or even Alaska, like uh, going anywhere around there would be interesting. I hear they have a blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah right Ooh, be a little bit of retro they, they haven't they haven't got the memo up there uh what what about yourself is there someone on somewhere on your travel bucket list right now that you're like oh man just need to I, make... i've um i thought dubai looks really interesting to go to i've never been there before they they have some it's just a very like you said very different environment very far away from where i live very different ecologically and like socially so i think it'd be a fun adventure I love the idea of Dubai, not because of the ecology, because that like sounds like hell to me. Like I'm, I don't do well in heat, and it's like forty something degrees there all the time. Mm. Um, wait, a hundred and something if you're Fahrenheit. Look at me converting very poorly on the fly. But um, yeah, it's um, it's <laughs> it's very uh, to me the built up environment. Like I love places where it looks like humans shouldn't live, and we're like, yeah, we built a mega city here. Go, we got skyscrapers going this high. That's how this, this, it's almost like the Vegas effect of like, there is a ludicrousness yeah. that there's anyone here, let alone that there's this much here. Uh, I, I love places like that too. Kind of the opposite of what I just said, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, that's always Phoenix, Arizona. I think it was like all ostrich farmers before air conditioning was invented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I, I didn't hear this very too recently, but the whole South basically like third of the United States is just, yeah, before air conditioning. People just didn't do much during the summers there. Uh, it's crazy how much of the world has become habitable. There's the also I love I love the paradox that oh, the more AC we're adding to the world, the more we're heating it up and needing more AC. Mm. Uh, there's a funny paradox. Yeah. We should just work out AC that works planet wide. We could solve so many problems <laughs> that way, right? Just well, we we need this many BTUs. Shield. Put it in the point. <laughs> I mean, you know, if if we could just rather than putting sunscreen on ourselves individually, what if we sunscreened the atmosphere, and then we'd yeah. all be safe all the time? This is, uh, you know, we should work on science ideas uh, next time we talk. Just we clearly got some great Imagine ones. Imagine on Earth there's a knob that adjusts the shutters for the sun, like we have an actual sun shield in space. Imagine the, the squabbles over the yeah. cold. Like, you think about it like in the office, like, oh, it's too cold in here. Turn it up. Like, you'd, you'd have that for the whole planet, all, all the the fighting. Yeah, yeah, that's it's 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 uh, it's I, I, I can imagine you'd have to do like individualized little individual screens for each country but then even in a country it's like you know the south the south wants it a little bit colder the north wants it a little bit warmer you know this is this is a I'll, I'll keep coming up with ideas and you keep working on it implementing them and then we'll split the money 50 50 uh we great uh get your science guy in here we, we got we got sorted uh, but yeah no i i really do look forward to meeting you if a mind fest or mine uh mine con if i even dare to call it that happens um you know, I, I feel like that'd be the perfect way to full circle, let's just say. Okay, we're calling it Minecon. We know we know we've been calling this Minecon, but we, we know you you want you want this and that. 
Uh, but whatever it is, I'd, I'd love to. Uh, and if not, I, I'm sure I'll be in Seattle for. So I, I feel like there's there's a billion things always happening there because uh, it's the home of the all the tech. But yeah, I look forward to seeing you whenever that is. Thank you for this digital meet where you couldn't see my face. Um, you know, reveal to everyone right now because of the way I'm recording, he didn't get to see me, so he's staring into the void. But I've appreciated uh, your attention <laughs> and your answers today. Oh, likewise, it was a lot of fun chatting with you. It really was. It, it it flew by, and now I now I have to get to my real obligations again. Uh, but yeah, have <laughs> have a good evening, morning, afternoon. One of those. <laughs> Such a time difference, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like I'm working on dinner, and you're 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 gonna have maybe lunch soon. It's it's crazy. Anyway, yeah, have have a good one. <laughs> Thanks you as well. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com